This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. How are you doing today? We are obviously doing our expert series on One Rental at a Time. And one of the things that I appreciate about Matt, the mortgage guy, is he's actually in an enviable position, right? He, and if you have a broker in your state that you work with, treat them well. Because what I have found over the last 20 years is if you reach out to a mortgage broker, they're going to tell you what's going on in the mortgage market. And if you listen, I mean, really listen, you can figure out what could be a leading indicator, right? Is the finance, are banks getting looser? Are banks getting tighter? Are there rules and regulations that are being, you know, added to investment loans and not owner ox? Is, you know, the adjustable rate mortgage coming back or is everybody still fixed? There are so many little indicators you can get from listening to an experienced mortgage broker. So that's what we're going to talk about today with Matt, the mortgage guy. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing well. So I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to shut up and listen. So what have All you right. been seeing right. in the in the mortgage market the last 30 days or so? Uh, is it getting tighter or looser? What kind of variables are changing in your world? Because again, I think you, I think you're the kind of that. I don't know, canary in the coal mine, if you will, they kind of tell us what's going on. So, so what are you seeing? Right. Yeah, I agree with you where, you know, the, the regulation on mortgage and how easy it is to acquire financing is going to affect the real estate market because I don't know what the percentages are, but you know, probably 90% of homes that are purchased are financed in, in some sort of way. Right. So, um, first and foremost, I guess everybody, um, if they haven't heard or seen the, the changes that Fannie and Freddie made with, investment loans, second homes, like that was a big drastic, like release a letter. And all of a sudden it's harder to get investment property loans. It's more expensive. The rates are higher. And that was like, literally like, that's what I told people too, is it's interesting to see there doesn't have to be any warning and there's no like, you know, meeting or surveys that go out. Like, do you guys think that this would be great? Like it's Fannie and Freddie says, listen, we've decided internally, we're only going to do up to 7% of this type of loan. And so, you know, you're going to make it more expensive or you're going to do whatever you need to do on the lender side to, you know, quell demand for this product. And um, so, so that was interesting. What was that? Was that like March 8th or something? Yeah, it was this month. Know. Yeah, it was this month. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's interesting to see um, what I've seen a lot of lately too. And it hasn't been talked about enough. I think I want to do something on my channel to talk about it is self employed loans. Mm. Like they got really strict. And then I feel like the actions of the lenders isn't matching what they're saying. They're all saying like, Hey, listen, we're going to remove overlays. We're going to, you know, unrestrict like we did for COVID since we feel like we're coming out, we're getting vaccinated and stuff. But then when I submit self-employed loans to these different lenders, they are just like fine tooth comb and they're, they're using formulas where it's like we, they can look at income three different ways. They can average it over 1920 and year to date. They can look at just year to date, or they could look, you know, and they basically take three different scenarios and then say, we're going to use the worst case. Uh -huh. And there's so many times where I'm like, listen, like this person's been back to work 
full-time, full pay since this date, like, and we know that it was a four month gap because of COVID or we know it's explainable right. what happened to this business and why that happened. So why are we still punishing them by saying, Hey, we're going to, you know, use your average or okay. if, um, you know, whatever the case may be, I've just seen it be more strict on the, on the, on the, on the stuff that I'm actually submitting than the words that are coming out of the mouths of the lenders that are just like, all right, bring your self-employed stuff back. There's no overlays. There's no additional costs. Cause some of the lenders just straight up just said, we're going to add loan level price adjustments, which means those loans are more expensive. And like, it's not a protected class. So you can't scream discrimination. Like mm-hmm. you're charging more for self-employed borrowers. Cause I thought that at first I'm like, all my friends are friggin' entrepreneurs and self-employed. Like that's, that's wrong. That's discrimination. And then someone's like, listen, Matt, that's not a protected class. So <laughs> they can charge more. And, and some lenders got creative where they didn't charge more, but they said, Hey, if you're W2 only and only own your primary residence, you get a discount on your, on your mortgage. And so um, with, with this much demand, I think what I'm seeing, Mike, is that lenders are kind of picking and choosing what they want because they can. Well, they got it's the money, right? like, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's just like, Hey, if we've got plenty of loans coming in, let's just say we want this credit score or higher. We want W2 borrowers and they're not completely not taking the other stuff, but if they offer a discount, then it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of cherry picking. And so, um, I, you know, it's funny as you brought this up. I've thought about it on my run this morning that like, that's something that lenders could do and it would almost be justified right now is is tighten lending standards because you know then then you kind of I, i've had all these thoughts you know because god i can't get away from youtube videos to talk about a housing crash right like oh, there's just god. anybody with a freaking microphone and a freaking camera can make one and you know i'm trying to be like open-minded and just look at like, what could happen, what, what, what could go on? And, and I think to myself, um, like the problem and like when anyone points to 2008 and, and people who are, you know, intelligent have to remind them like all the differences, like it was, it was just arms wide open. Anybody with any credit score, with any down payment, you know, could, could get a loan. And that was the problem. And now we're in a place where it's way stricter, like all the loans that are be written, you know, huge percentage of them, 30 year fixed, no prepayment penalties, just vanilla stuff with low risk. Um, I wonder if there's something coming up where they get a little bit tighter. I mean, it would almost be justified. Yeah. I, I'm not know, seeing it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And, and, and I mean, to be clear too, I'm not seeing that, Yeah, but I would understand it if it happened. And what I think you would see is it would, it would cause a needed correction in the market. And I don't mean a correction like how home prices fall off a cliff, you know, 20%, but somebody who's really stretching themselves to buy something at 450 um, just can no longer buy it. Yeah. If they change the debt to income ratios where they say, listen, we're not going to allow you to go up to 50 or 45. It's going to have to be 43. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I guess that's, that's a pretty long winded answer. And it's a little mix of like what I'm seeing versus what like could happen in the future. Um, 
Yeah, when you look at the but, lending standards of today, they're, they're, they're not even, I mean, anybody who's calling a crash today is just doesn't know history, doesn't know what's going on. Could there be an event in the future? Sure, but it's years away, right? Real estate just simply doesn't move that fast. And I guess the other thing, it's obvious, you know, per the March 8th or whenever that was, you know, investment loans or they're going to temper that a little bit, at least Fannie Mae is. Uh, I'm curious uh, on owner ox because I think what's coming, right? There's been this long talked about rumored $15,000 tax credit for first time buyers. I still think it's out there. I still think it would be horribly mistimed if it came out, you know, the next couple of months. But, you know, I wonder if they're going to do some kind of incentive for owner ox because I think what's going to happen, you know, left to its natural devices is the 30 year mortgage is gonna start rising slowly over time. And I think that's a good sign. The economy's getting better, we're opening up. I think interest rates shouldn't be naturally this low, but it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me at all. If the powers that be in our current administration say, you know what, we wanna give a discount for owner occupant loans. Again, I never have known this, right? I know about an 8K credit. I know about a proposal for 15K. But, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they say, you know what, we want to give people who make less than 100 grand because everything is income capped these days. Anybody who makes less than 100 grand, we're going to we're going to buy down your mortgage half a percent and just magically happens. I mean, I, we could see yeah. crazy well, things like that. Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing, too, is like e even though me and you would would not qualify for something like that, I see the benefit of it. And mm -hmm. I see like if we're in this K-shaped recovery where some people are doing, you know, bad post COVID and some people are doing great. Like if it's easier for somebody to get their first house than it is for somebody who has their sixth to get their seventh. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I get it. Right. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. And, not, and so, so either. yeah, I, I, I think that that's something that, that for sure, you know, this administration, um, would, could look at, it would be much better than just a $15,000 gift, which is going to drive up entry-level prices like mad and just be oh, horrendous for the it, market. Let's be very clear. It, they announce it prices will adjust immediately and it won't be down. The prices will go up. <laughs> oh my God, that would be crazy. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, what's interesting too, I was I was gonna um, chat about you with this is even though rates have gone up and sure it's only a half a percent or whatnot, um, I, I, I have the ability to just talk to buyers every single day. So I feel like I've kind of can get some buyer sentiment yeah. from conversations and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, people are just still super optimistic. See, people are still out there buying. It's not deterring them in the least. Then I hear this morning that the latest consumer confidence poll is out and it's like a 13 month high. Consumers are just charts. like as confident as ever, right? Yeah, well, I'm telling and, you, my daily financial news, I'm telling you, we are transitioning from dark to light and we are gonna see some amazing numbers. And again, the other beauty of doing this for 20 years is I can tell you with certainty, Every time rates kind of take that little pivot, like 2018 or other years, when they, when they suddenly go up, what actually happens is it pulls forward demand. That buyer who was sitting on the sidelines telling themselves rates are low, rates are low, rates are low, suddenly they're up like, holy cow, I better move now. So it is going to be a yeah, I think, wild I think we're, summer. I think we're in the, yeah, we're in the midst of that surge right now. Oh, I mean, no I'm literally question. hearing it in the voice of my buyers that are, you know, offering a million dollars um, on a property that's listed at 880. And they're just yeah. like, I want to get before rates go up and before I'm kind of priced out, like I can do it. You know, it's a little bit of a stretch from what I was originally planning on spending, but um, I'm going to go out there and offer a million bucks. And there's, there's a little bit of almost like desperation yeah, fear of in some out, of the, FOMO. right, right. And um, 
you know, justified or not, it's just what I'm hearing and, and seeing. And so, um, yeah, that half a point uh, tick up in interest rate will do that. And I mean, I feel for people too, because I, I try to be a calming voice but when it's like somebody who's been pre-approved and they've looked at, you know, X price point at 2.8. And then I talk to them a few weeks later, it's like, okay, now we're 3.05 and you might have to pay 40,000 more. I can see where they can start to think to themselves, holy crap. Like I've got to act now because rates are going up. Prices are going up. Like I can't afford it. Another jump up in rate and price. And so, um, yeah, the, the never ending hope. Another interesting stat that I was looking at too was um, I'm like, why we were like 30% down inventory is 30% down. There's no homes. There's a million homes. We need like 3.7 to be anywhere near balanced. The average homeowner is staying in their house 10 and a half years now. I don't know if there's a, a, a way to solve that. Right. It's like they used to move every three to five. Now they're in their house for (laughs) 10.5. Yeah. Here's the problem, right? This is something nobody's talking about and I can see it coming. We've over the last 20 years, we've, the, the move up buyer has benefited from rates falling, right? I'm going to get a bigger home, another hundred grand, but my rates down three quarters of a point. So their payment shock isn't really that much in the scheme of things. Right. But now you go into a hundred K home and your rate goes up three quarters the other way. You want to talk about payment shock? Holy cow. Right. Right. That is going to make yeah. The next five years, the move, well, probably let's start in 2022. The move up buyer is going to stay a lot longer. It's going to get worse. So in the end, this has been yeah, a great and the, Oh, go ahead. Okay. No, I was going to say, yeah, it's like, it's crazy because it's all these factors coming together. It's not one thing, but it's like you said, people are staying longer. They, it's more expensive for them to move up. And then you've got the 34 to 36 year old demographic yeah. that's growing. So more demand is coming. Like the, this, this snowball is getting bigger. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. This is exactly what I thought we would do today. Talk, having a mortgage broker on your team is important. We're going to actually talk about that in episode number two. Thanks, buddy.